0: You're listening to Of Slights and Men with Benji and Jacob. A Daily Magician Production. Hello and welcome back to Of slights and Men. Uh, today we're, we're very excited to have yeah, again, uh, an, another guest with us, uh, Mr. Evan Porter. Uh, and I And I think before we get started, I, I think Benji's going to give him a, a, a brief introduction before we get deep into it. Benji, take it away.
1: Yeah, so um, I always say at the start of each podcast, if you've never heard of this guest, blah, 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 here's who he is. I'm going to bet that most of you probably haven't heard of this guy. Um, and that is not meant as an insult. It's more like he's a underground kind of creator that if you're really kind of a... Uh, dig into the, the magic industry a bit, you'll find this guy's uh, a little bit of a mover behind the scenes, really smart guy, got a lot going for him. Uh, he's been doing magic on and off for 18 years. Uh, he's the owner of the website Ambitious With Cards, which uh, perhaps you've come across when you've been searching for certain magic-related questions, but you never knew it was Evan. So that's what I'm talking about when he says he's an underground kind of creator, innovator, thinker, uh, writer. Hopefully that does you justice, Evan, but let me know if I missed anything.
2: No, you know, that's a better intro than I could have given myself, so that's, <laughs> that's great. Sweet. Perfect. Um,
1: okay. So I kind of really wanted to leverage the fact that of all the guests we've really ever had on, you're probably the most similar to us in terms of your background um, because you run a magic site where you... Uh, how do How do I put it in a way that doesn't make it sound too complicated? You write articles that are designed to answer kind of common problems or questions or uh, queries that other magicians might have. Um, And you spend a lot of time crafting them and making them really well put together. So let's kick this off with an interesting question. Um, What has been one thing you've learned about magic that you didn't know, but that kind of came up during your research creating these articles that you put together?
2: Mm, That's a good question. Yeah, it's been a really interesting experience. You know, doing similar things to what you guys are doing. And I would say one thing I've learned is that uh, I actually learn a lot by writing the articles, like through the process. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I would never claim that I'm an expert or'm I'm, I'm not a working magician. I'm not a I'm not a magic creator. I'm just a student of it, um, a hobbyist, and I'm always looking to learn new things and get better. And so I, I challenge myself with questions that I have or problems that I have or things that I want to learn about. And then through the process of creating that, content and finding those answers and sharing them with other people, I find that I, I learn a ton by, by going through that. So what my side is a little bit is, is um, a look into my own journey and my own questions and then sharing that with other people uh, is sort of a bonus. So,
1: Yeah, and it's kind of like, um, actually, I hate to use this analogy because I've never seen the film, but I've heard it described before as if you've seen the film, catch me if you can. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe. You haven't of- seen Okay, let's not get too oh. like. Let's not take too much of a tangent here. Okay, <laughs> we, we can have this argument later. Okay, <laughs> from what I've heard, and maybe Jake can say this because if he's seen the film, he knows it better. But there's, there's, he, he teaches like a chemistry class. I don't know. So he he, he kind of like fakes his way oh, into the yeah, yeah, teacher, yeah. and they ask him like, "How did no? How did nobody? How did nobody catch you?" Right, and then he's like, "Well, I always just stayed like one chapter ahead of whatever I was teaching, and while obviously I don't mean to paint any of us as a." Uh, I don't even know what the guy is in Catch Me If I Can. I just know he's a criminal, right? Um, <laughs> yeah. So we're not criminals, but at the same time, it is interesting because a lot of the things that we write about, it's like we kind of knew them, but you, we never have to put them in words. And so it stretches you and you're like, oh, yeah, that's a good question. Like, why does that happen? Like, why is that there? Like, why didn't that guy do that? And then you sort of just learn it. You research it yourself. And then suddenly it's like, oh, you're the expert. And it's like, no, I'm not the expert. I just sort of like gathered together what I could find and put it in in one place for everybody.
2: Yeah, it's a classic, um, classic studying technique, like teaching the material to other people. It mm. forces you to synthesize it in your own way and like, uh, sort of forces an understanding that, that uh, you can't get any other way. So,
0: yeah. And I guess just, I guess to be a nerd and clarify for everyone, that's probably like, oh, he wasn't, it's actually in the book that he's a teacher. So he, he actually, he like, te- 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 he, and it's because it's a true story. He lectured at BYU. And, uh, he had one of those classes, one of the classes that he lectured for, uh, he, he was teaching one, one step ahead. Yeah. So yeah, I like that one. So, so Evan, uh, I'm interested. Um, so we did, we did a bit of background research before obviously just to, to get to know you, your profile a bit as well. And we, well, everything, and just, I think as a precursor, um, for everyone, um, we, we love to think differently. That's kind of like our whole vibe and we, we're going to be a little bit selfish here and talk maybe a little bit more about <laughs> Evan's SEO work and I'm sure we can find <laughs> ways to, to bring that back to magic. Uh, but but I'm interested um, as far as like, when did you get started in that? I I, I, I know that you have a blog um, that kind of, you know, uh, maps your how you've been using SEO and everything. So when did that begin? Did you study that in school? Did this become like a part-time thing? Do they even
1: teach yeah. classes on it in school? Yeah. <laughs> What do you yeah i don't like, know that's name? a
2: good question I, I think that it's one of those things that moves so fast that by the time you created a college right, course right, on it, right. Would right. it be that would be so out of date so <laughs> yeah, you kind of have that to that be experience. the if
1: you can guy and just sort of stay one chapter ahead if you were teaching it
2: yeah it's something people figure out for themselves you kind of dive in and so no I, I didn't study i didn't study anything like this internet marketing or um even writing you know i was a i've always loved to write um, but that's something i did on yeah. my own i never studied it You know, I took a creative writing class or two here and there, but um, I got into it uh, sort of organically. I mean, I was working in marketing, um, doing copywriting. So like just, you know, writing ad copy and uh, writing blog posts for brands and things like that. And uh, I knew a guy who worked at my agency and he ended up leaving to run his own sites. And I was like, what? You can do that? Like, (laughs) I had no idea that that was possible. (laughs) And so, you know, I picked his brain and I was like, that sounds like something I could do. Hmm. Um, but it it wasn't until a few years later that I actually kind of started to put it into practice. And yeah, I knew I was a good writer. And so it was just a matter of, of learning the ropes of like, what is, what is SEO and how does, how does it work to write things and rank them on Google and how do you make money from that? And um, that, that's been an interesting process over the past couple of years, learning those things. And, and yeah, uh, I've been, I've been doing this full time running my own blogs for, uh, I guess that's three years now. Um, but I've been working on it for probably close to five or six.
1: Mm. And how, how how kind of deep did you get then when you were doing copywriting? Did you go kind of like old school direct response studying or was it more like modern madmen? Like, was it direct response copywriting or was it kind of generic, not generic in a bad way, but more like brand advertising?
2: Well, I was working at a like a, a self-named digital agency, so we didn't do we weren't doing like ad like ad copy and like magazines or billboards or mm-hmm. anything like that. It was, it was all digital. So it was writing, you know, things for social media or mm-hmm. uh website, copy blog posts. So not, yeah, not so much the direct response stuff, although occasionally I would do ad copy um, for mm-hmm. digital ads, but yeah, usually it was, that was kind of my, my foray into content marketing, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> figuring out how to write like interesting things for brands that weren't just selling their products and things that like their, customers actually would want to read and things that would bring in new hmm. customers
1: or even how to sell their products.
2: Right. Exactly. In a form
1: that is an article. And Yeah. Yeah. So did you, did you ever study though? Kind of like these direct response? Cause to be honest, I just really want to, I just, I'm just pressing to see if I can get a chance to talk on the podcast about some of my heroes, like, but like people that Garrett we know like about, me. you know, <laughs> um, yeah. So did you ever study those guys things?
2: yeah a little bit i mean i picked up i picked up a lot as i went like i knew i had like the raw writing skill and you know i built i built onto that from there in, in layers so um you know they they hired me just because they knew I, I knew how to write and i was talented with words and then mm. you know they kind of taught me some of the nuts and bolts and um, mm. but again you know i never studied formally in school I actually went to school for psychology uh, oh, okay. and then I, yeah I mean, that was a. I mean, that does help. I mean, (laughs) well, you know, I love the classes, right? But um, Mm -hmm. when I got out of school, I was like, I don't want to go to grad school. I don't want to do this for a living. So, what do I do now?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like a lot of places, isn't it? Like, I think it's like the subject, like the most American study. At least I heard that. Like psychology is one of those subject to like a lot of a lot of people get into and then end up somewhere else so i guess yeah you get
2: sucked in right because the classes are so fascinating you go in there right. and you're learning about personality and how your brain works and and like you want to take more but uh yeah it's a it's an i mean you know if you have a passion for it like it's an amazing career path but it like and if you don't want to you know go to grad school or become a doctor or things like that it can be a little bit uh narrow when you get out of school so
0: right
1: yeah So right, i, mean, I yeah, No, I just want to quickly, while we're still on the topic of psychology, because I know we might not find an excuse to come back around to it later. We were speaking to um, Morgan and West yesterday. They're a pair of British magicians, like a duo act. That podcast should be up, by the way, if you're listening to this now. Uh, it should have been put up by the time this one goes up. And they were talking about how so many magicians in their performances are like, So I'm like a master of psychology and I understand (laughs) behavioral psychology and this is how I'm going to use it. to like predict. And it's so rare to actually find the magician that studies, studied psychology. So congrats.
2: Yeah, I guess I'm, you know, one of the few. Although, you know, not sure if I deserve to call myself a magician as a hobbyist, but I'll I'll take it. Um, You know, it's funny, you know, hearing you say that, I'm reminded of um, doing a research study in college. Like that was part of the psychology Mm -hmm. degrees. You had to, Volunteer for these research studies and see how they're conducted and stuff. And there was one where, you know, we're looking at images on a screen and they have this like, they put this headband on you with like wires coming out of it. And they're like, oh, we're monitoring your brain signals as you <laughs> view these images. And hmm. I was like, this is total BS. Like, this is just a like headband from, um, you know, the store with some wires coming yeah. out of it. Like, it again, <laughs> kind of a little bit of misdirection because they don't want you to know mm-hmm. what they're actually measuring.
1: Oh, uh, that's interesting. So it's like the fairy yeah. of false solutions in a way,
2: right? Like they're, right, they're in real life, the they yeah. were maybe watching your eye movement or something like that, mm-hmm. but they don't want you to know like what they're
0: right. looking for because it messes up their test. Right. That's interesting. So can, I, I'm I'm interested. You talk about writing, um, and I think for everyone, uh, it's kind of an interesting thing of how how to like how to be a writer, like how to get into that headspace. And so when we talked a little bit about copywriting. Uh, I don't know if you've studied much of Eugene Schwartz's work, um, but he has like a really he has like a pretty famous interview where he talks about how he just would like, and and the reason I want to paralyze with magic is because you know when it comes to practicing or whatever it might be, it's it's you ha- it's it helps to be in the right headspace and to have your body kind of have that habitual nature where it snaps into, all right, I'm practicing, all right, I'm writing. Mm -hmm. Um, And so Eugene Schwartz talks about this thing where he would like sit down and set like a timer for like 33 minutes and 33 seconds. And during that time he could do nothing else but write. Uh, And so I'm interested, how does that go for you? Is it just kind of more casual? Do you have like a specific way that you get into that writing mode or...
1: Or do you outsource it all now as well now that you have a, a few yeah. sites, well
2: that's a yeah that's a good question I do outsource a lot of it um, on on this on my site that we're talking about now ambitious with cards I, I do almost all the writing myself because you, yeah. you can't find people that it's it's very hard yeah,
1: it's, we try we, yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, I did find one guy that I really liked uh, um, what he was able to do but yeah you can't just like put out an ad and find people who understand mm-hmm. this stuff and um, it's not like other topics where you can just kind of pick it up I mean uh yeah. from a quick google right there's just not yeah if you don't and know it's hard the, because,
1: yeah, yeah you almost have to know the secret even though you're not allowed to write we're well, not allowed but like you, you don't generally reveal method in a blog post but you almost have to know the method to be able to write the blog post which yeah kind exactly of is a it's a really
2: time. unique topic in that sense like it's it's difficult to outsource so i do mm-hmm. most of the writing myself um and yeah process wise i mean these days i take what i can get i mean i'm a I'm a dad. I have two kids at home. Yeah. (laughs) Um, (laughs) You know, I I wish I had like a little writing cave that I could um, sequester myself in. But uh, you know, sometimes it's just me like with my laptop at the, on the couch, you know? Um, But the thing for me is like, I have to, I have to move my fingers. Like you get, get your fingers moving on the keyboard. It doesn't matter if like you're typing total crap, you just have to do it. You know, the blank page is impossible to overcome. Like you can stare at it and you can think and, you know, nothing ever quite seems right. But once you once you start moving your fingers and typing, like, you know, you start moving and you can always fix it later. Like that's the thing.
1: Mm. And I guess it's similar for magic in that, I don't know, get the fingers moving. Doesn't matter if you're doing anything amazing, but you know, get those uh I'm trying to actually think of a move that this makes sense in the context of, but you know, the, the riffle shuffle I the guess. dag. I don't know, yeah, do the pass, whatever. Yeah, it just, maybe like need in the be like a complete act or anything, but just keep that right. that move motion rather than right when you're a total
2: beginner you know you don't even know how to hold a deck of cards right without dropping them all over the place so you know i was just always holding a deck of cards when i was getting started just you know just fiddling with it and you get more comfortable with it in your hands and maybe it's there's a little bit of a parallel there
1: yeah and there's a it's interesting because when we talk about writer's block and you were talking about the the blank page um there's a there's a guy gary halbert who's also a pretty sort of Kind of niche, but also kind of not. I, mean, I never know, you know, when you're so deep in a niche, like, for example, the magic niche, yeah. you think of somebody as a celeb- celebrity, and you're like, everybody knows this guy, right? <laughs> right? Right. right? <laughs> like, like, doesn't everyone know this guy? And sometimes it's the same with, like, writing and stuff. So I don't know how uh, recognizable this guy's name is, but Gary Howard, he had a technique where, you know, if you ever have a blank page in front of you, kind of like Jake was saying about with the, the 33 minutes, 33, where you just give yourself that time, block it off, during, during that time your only job is to like write but the key thing is not to feel the pressure of like oh it has to be amazing it's just like just get the words on the page and Gary Halbert's technique was if you ever kind of get a mental block literally just write blah 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 until something comes into your head and then you write that and then you carry on writing blah 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 and it is almost like that way you're never not going to be writing something and so there's almost no not as much pressure because it's never a blank page you're always writing and you just uh you're just sort of making the effort and and when you this is this is a eloquent quote that i can't remember but it's like you know when you commit to something providence moves or whatever um it's like when you put yourself in the seat it's actually there's a book the war of art stephen pressfield that is mm-hmm. somewhat related to this where like just by putting yourself in the seat and and getting to work you allow kind of inspiration to, to come and hit you but that obviously isn't going to happen unless you're just doing it in the first place which is probably related to magic just to make sure this this podcast has some elements of magic in it
2: yeah for sure i think it's uh yeah similar to what i was talking about like it's really hard to turn nothing into something but you can turn something into something else like you know if you go Mm -hmm. back and edit or um you know maybe it's a routine that you're working on i mean you can Mm -hmm. if you're putting all this pressure on yourself to come up with the most amazing brilliant thing ever out of out of thin air i mean that's impossible to do but If you start somewhere, you can always make it better.
0: I interrupt this podcast to give a brief shout out to our website, thedailymagician.com. If you haven't already signed up for our daily emails that will give you great content, just like this podcast, please head over there and sign up now. That's thedailymagician.com. We promise that we won't disappoint you. I like that. Yeah. And so talking of similarities between uh, copywriting and and magic, um, I recently actually sent out a, a thinking differently thought to our inner circle. And I talked about the similarities between the ADA, as in attention, interest, desire, action, um, and a magic routine. And so Evan, I'm, I'm sure you're pretty familiar with that. I mean, if not, you, I'm sure you'd do it. Yeah, I'll just explain it
1: maybe to the listeners. And then <laughs> yeah. I'll give Evan the dignity of... Uh, he can decide whether or not to comment on it, but ADA is uh, just a formula. It's like a template, right? Uh, you know, when you're struggling to think, oh, how do I write whatever I want to write? Say an email. So you think, okay, I've got these four kind of elements to the structure. A, I, D, A. Attention, interest, desire, action. So you start by trying to get some of his attention. In an email, it might be with a crazy subject line, like, um, Di Vernon said what? I don't know, some kind of a attention-grabbing subject line. Obviously, you have to then deliver on that, but that is the first step. And the similarity between that and, and a magic routine might be you have to start by getting the audience's attention and doing something that is uh, worthy of them giving you their attention, which is a very valuable thing. So you've got you've to earn that in the start of your effect. Then you set that attention and that's your foot in the door, but now you have to turn it into interest. And so you say, hey, recently I was, uh, I was reading through this old book and I found this uh, story about Di Vernon that nobody has, nobody has ever told before okay, suddenly now you've got interest. Same of a magic effect. It's like, I'm going to do this magic effect that Divernon showed me that nobody else has seen before. And then you turn that into kind of like desire, which is uh, you then transform that interest into some kind of tangible result where it's like, and I'm going to tell you what that story is if you click the link below. or uh, And I'll show you that trick if you come here and you pick a card or whatever. And then you turn that and you take that in, turn that into action. And the action for the email might be they click the link, action for the, the magic might be in this instance, they pick the card or uh, they applaud you or whatever you can interpret it in different ways whether it's micro or macro but that's the general kind of outline of the scheme um and so evan do you have any other examples of ways that like writing capturing an interest and like all these kind of principles that come into to writing mm-hmm. engaging content also play into magic and could be ada specifically or it could be anything else i'm sure you know a lot of stuff about writing that we don't that you could share
2: yeah, well, I think um that's a, that's a really cool example that you talked about. I think another interesting thing that you have to consider, at least when you know when it comes to what we do in blogging and writing and writing about magic, is the the aspect of, of clarity and mm-hmm. you know making sure that like when people are searching for something, um, you know if they're looking for like how do I use a double backer, for example, mm-hmm. like that's got to be crystal clear that it's in your headline that that's what you're writing about you know, mm-hmm. otherwise people can't find it. Um, and so you have to kind of balance that clarity of, of what you're about to give them with all the things you talked about, like developing interest and, um, and grabbing their attention. Um, and yeah, I think that applies to magic extremely well, like having that clarity and simplicity of what's, of what's going to happen. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I feel like I watch a lot of effects where I'm, i can not quite disagree i think it was di Vernon who said that actually who, who said if you can't if they can't describe it afterwards what happened like easily right, then it wasn't yeah, a good yeah. trick
1: oh yeah yeah you know what it is actually the way i've heard it told similar to what you said is uh i think it was michael Lamar. i was watching a lecture by michael Lamar mm-hmm. where he would say uh di Vernon, when he was maybe older and he couldn't be bothered you know moving around too much or whatever mm-hmm. when people would come to the castle the magic castle and do shows di Vernon would wait until people came out of the show um, or maybe it was an effect or a show i don't quite remember with a lot of divergent stories. Maybe I'm paraphrasing, maybe I'm not. Um, Mm -hmm. He would ask maybe Michael Amar or somebody else that came out oh, tell me what that guy did in one sentence. If they could, he would go and watch the show. If they couldn't, he would (laughs) give it a miss and that was his like filtering (laughs) technique
2: yeah that's that's funny that's funny yeah because i heard think i heard him say that in another context but that's a funny story too but i yeah i think it's so true and that's why the some of the classic effects have held up so well like ambitious card mm-hmm. for example i mean anybody can understand it anybody can describe it and there's so much room to play with it and make it your own but it's like it's simple right the card mm-hmm. comes at the top you know right um sometimes so, it's like these tricks with different piles and this pile goes over here and then there's aces yeah. and then you know like it might be impressive but it's is it you know, does it have clarity? Right. Did they understand what actually happened?
0: And because if they don't, actually, that's a really interesting point. Because um, uh, not long ago, I was about I was about to do a performance, and I was performing for someone. I was practicing before and asking for tips on it. Um, and uh, what was it? It was like a oil and water, or no, it was in like an out this world routine. Um, and I, it was. The, I think I I performed for someone, and they were like, "Oh, that was great." Um, but like, I didn't really understand. I had to like figure out at the end what had actually happened. And so yeah. it, it's, it's interesting. Like, I, I then thought, okay, I need to go back. And at this moment I identified the moment that I needed to have that pause to re-explain what happened. And, and that's something that you see a lot of magicians doing. It's like, before you get to the finale, and if you're not, I don't do this already as a magician, you probably should before you get to the finale, re-explain everything that happened to get to that point. <laughs> Cause otherwise people are either going to be confused or. Maybe they're not confused, but they just don't have the same kick out of it that they would have had if you do refresh their memory. And again, that doesn't apply for all routines, but I think as a general rule, it's a good one to remember is just make sure that your audience is fully aware of everything that's happened, because if they're not aware of what's happening, then they can't fill that gap and be like, oh, that was magical, to to have a end result. So I think, I think that's a good point.
2: Yeah. You know, um. Jay Sankey is really good at that. He's got some good stuff on YouTube that I enjoy watching. Uh, I feel like he does that a lot in his routines. He does a little recap at the end. He says, "Okay, you picked any card you wanted, you know, even if it was a force, right?" Uh, mm-hmm. And then, <laughs> and then we shuffle the deck completely, like even Especially. if it was a false shuffle. And it's like kind of a nice way of reinforcing how impo- mm-hmm. not only what mm-hmm. happened, but how impossible it's about to be at the finale, right? right? You can kind of reframe things that happened, like you know, even if you used uh, some kind of con- you know convoluted force, you can be like, "You picked mm-hmm. any card you want." Right. And that's yeah, what they're going to remember. Kind of like a
1: false memory technique as well.
2: Yeah, for sure.
1: Yeah. In a way, it's kind of weird because you're, you're doing it under the guise of clarity, but perhaps you're lying to them anyway. <laughs> but right. it does give yeah. them clarity. It's just like a false clarity, which kind of helps you as a magician. It's interesting, though, because Jay Sankey, I believe, also started out in copywriting and advertising. And that's an interesting correlation that he's also been somebody you, you picked up doing that
2: yeah i've read that about him yeah yeah i've, I've liked his stuff for a long time and he was one of the people i got into when i was first learning and you know now he's doing some really cool stuff on youtube he's giving away a lot of his stuff for free on youtube these days yeah, yeah well he has I'm so interested. much
0: of
1: it it's like a drop in the bucket anyway
2: yeah Yeah, <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah i'm interested i haven't actually now we talk about how you got into magic how did that happen because i don't think we actually asked you that how why, why are you into magic how did you get into it
2: yeah, my uh, it's probably a familiar story to people who are my age. I'm uh, about to turn thirty four in a couple of days here. So when I was a kid, it was oh, right happy, when like happy David. Oh, Bl- so, thank you, appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it was, I, you know, I was like coming of age when the David Blaine specials came out. Um, mm. you know, and I mean, it's a little bit cliche at this point, I guess, but. You know, it was, it was huge. I mean, it was—I had never seen anything like that. Not not only that the magic was so impressive, but that it was so accessible, right? And you know, I was thought of magicians as being like guys in tuxedos up on a stage or in a parlor somewhere. And it was just—I right. had never realized that you could just like take a deck of cards around and like show people amazing things. Um, and you know, from from there, I, I you know, I got into like the illusionist stuff. They were like just starting out at the time and, and capitalizing on that interest um and then I I sort of branched out from there um but that was kind of the impetus for me getting started right I was probably in like middle school when that happened
0: Hmm. and so is that kind of been like a thing that has it been like on and off continuously or have you always been into it kind of like how's your journey been from there
2: I was really I mean really really passionate about it for a long time like through high school and into college it was such a cool icebreaker for me to be able to meet people and um, right. you know, have this, this fun hobby that I was working on. And, um, you know, and I used to actually do, you know, I used to actually stroll around and, and show random people things like if it was in this, you know, out on the street or wherever. Mm-hmm. Um, And then, you know, I kind of cooled down on it for a while and, you know, I started a family and, and these days I'm kind of like figuring out how to, how to get, you know, like how to get my daughter who's, uh, who's five like into magic and, and card trick not not for her performing although she does have some magic kits that she <laughs> just had to
1: uh, already uh, on the phone sh- for, uh, <laughs> for next right. david B. special
2: exactly right well so she you know it's like i'm like oh, i want to show her these these tricks that i know and i'm like well you know i, I don't know if like a five-year-old can understand these so right. you know, finding <laughs> finding some new material and uh you know i got like you know the magic i guess that's blurb. where the
1: clarity comes in again
2: yeah no it does it, it does force you to like simplify i mean you, like you know, she can, she can follow things, but if, if it's not, um, a well put together effect, it's, it's, it's not going to work. Um, but you know, I also, I like, think I've gotten some cool props that I like doing, like the, the magic coloring book is a lot of fun. Mm. And, um, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and, you know, she, she likes it. She's, she's, uh, asked for some magic kits and she's like, um, she likes to play with them. So.
1: Yeah. It's funny you mentioned the magic coloring book, actually, because I think that was one of the first articles I wrote when I was starting out with the site. with and, and like, magic kits, gonna... yeah, yeah, magic kits. But I was like, I'm going to make so much money from this uh, magic color <laughs> <fuck> review. <laughs> uh, so I post it, and I, I guess maybe in the last like three years, I have probably made like twenty dollars from. <laughs> uh, even though we rank maybe like first page for it, at least we used to get a lot of traffic for it. It just it takes so long for that stuff to to add up, and it's such a low ticket product. None of that take taken away from the product itself. It's great, a great effect, and uh, I'm glad you.
2: Yeah, Final I've been I've been deathbed. there before, especially early on. I'm like, "Oh man, this one this one article is going to make me rich yeah. and you know." <laughs> never quite pans out that way, especially yeah, if it's like a $10 book. Yeah. yeah,
0: you you realize that it like if you were really into like refrigerators or like <laughs> dental like stuff, then you'd be making a lot more money, you know? <laughs> you never think you never think that like having a passion for refrigerators would make you more money, but when it when it comes to like affiliate stuff or whatever, it's it's an interesting one. <laughs>
2: Yeah, maybe, that's uh, spot's
1: definitely already been taken, though. It's that. Uh, maybe refrigerators
2: this is for magicians. Maybe that's an article worth uh, I mean, yeah, yeah. thinking about. <laughs> or,
1: yeah. like a store there. I'm trying to think of like a. Definitely no
0: competition pro. on that keyword.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: How do you do your process of? Um, sorry, how do you? Because this again is kind of like a selfish question, but the how long ago did you start your kind of because i know you have the magic site and then you have the other sites obviously you don't have to give out the url or whatever but they're in different let's say more i don't know popular niches where they're gonna get a lot more searches mm-hmm. did you kind of capitalize on or not capitalize but did you start them a while back and like what advice i don't know how many people listen to this uh, would need this advice but i'm just curious like what would you do you think it's too saturated now for people to start out in the kind of niches that your bigger sites are in and like is there any room for that kind of thing
2: yeah, I don't. I mean, it it is and it isn't. I mean, I think that like it, it gets more saturated every year. Like, there's more and more mm. people trying to do this stuff, but um, I would say most people don't do it very well. Mm. And so, you know, there's always room for for people who are going to take it seriously and do a good job. Um, and yeah, I mean, I've been at, I've been at this for a couple of years. Ambitious with cards is maybe a year old or so. of um, mm. the other sites I've been working on for for a longer time. Um, and you know i just i follow my I follow my passions or or what I know about or what i care about um maybe maybe it would be a good idea to to hop on a trend and and like be more opportunistic but uh you know i like I write about things that that I'm interested in and, and magic being mm-hmm. one of those and you know I don't know if magic is the biggest most profitable niche in the entire world but it's something that I mm-hmm. enjoy working on and um you know that that's good for me mm mm-hmm. mm mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, we should also, we probably, I think we we're going to ke- keep this podcast uh, not too long because I know Evan hasn't got ages, but I wanted to ask you before we end uh, about your YouTube channel, which I believe is something you've started up that we haven't talked about yet.
2: Yeah, definitely. I'm, uh, I've just gotten on on YouTube uh, with Ambitious With Cards and, you know, I knew I wanted to get into video with this because magic is such a visual art form and it needs to be seen. Um. And it's amazing. I mean, I feel like that's really where the audience is these days and and not so much in, you know, the Google search and and other forms of social media. But, um, you know, again, I like I don't consider myself to be an expert, so I'm not going to go on there and start teaching people how to do a double lift. And, uh, you know, I'm certainly not going to give away other people's effects.
1: Definitely doesn't stop some people. (laughs) Well,
2: (laughs) yeah, I mean, it's a it's the Wild West out there a little bit. I mean, uh, but that's not what I'm interested in. So. I've actually been using it as an opportunity to connect with people who I do consider to be experts. So Mm -hmm. I've got some cool interviews with, you know, working magicians, like maybe not the usual Mm -hmm. magic, you know, YouTubers you're used to hearing from, but um, I'm putting up some really interesting interviews and and demonstrations from, you know, people who are out there performing for paying audiences like day in and day out and about like their favorite tricks and their tips for, you know, beginners. And um, yeah, I think that hopefully people will get a lot out of that
1: yeah that's interesting because that's kind of half the reason we started this podcast was like it's a really good excuse to just email your favorite magicians and say hey can we chat for like an hour (laughs) and surprisingly i'm honestly surprised that that the number of them that say yes it it far exceeded what i was
2: expecting yeah i totally agree i mean you know people love people who love this stuff are, are happy to um happy to share their expertise i guess uh and that that's you know that's great for people who are getting started and, and wanting to learn because there's a lot of people who are are willing to teach
0: definitely and so i think just as a, a final question because um yeah again to be selfish we want to catch evan after and we don't want to take too much of his time um we, we wanted to ask you uh, and also just for anyone that was interested from what evan just said we will have a link to his youtube in the description for this podcast so go check that out i'm sure there'll be a um new content i love by the time you get there not to hold evan accountable i'm sure there's a bunch of content you can watch already um but we're excited um to, to have you guys go check that one out but just as a final question i think because uh, i think there's a lot of people that um kind of have this idea of like oh i want to start a blog or like oh i want to write about magic or whatever they're interested in what would be to a complete beginner what would be your your tips on how to get started
2: Mm, That's a good question. Uh, yeah. I mean, I I think that I would want people to know that it's possible, you know, as a, as a writer who is used to like getting paid to write for other people, um, to, you know, be writing for myself, like is something I never thought could happen. Uh, but it is definitely possible. And I know it, it seems competitive and saturated out there and it is, but you know, if you're committed to doing a good job, you can still make it work in 2021. And, you know, probably for a very long time to come. Uh, Mm -hmm. but it does take a lot of work. Um, you know and the the biggest thing is you you do just need to get started and and learn on the fly like a lot of people get uh sort of paralysis by analysis and they want to pick the perfect right. niche and they want to have everything planned before they write a single word and they you know they it's, everything's got to be perfect and then they find another reason to procrastinate but um you know like some of the stuff I wrote on my my blogs starting out like was not great you know yeah i'm almost um, embarrassed yeah.
1: actually at the fact that so many magicians probably search for like really pressing stuff and they come across some of my old articles i'm like man <laughs> i feel bad for you
2: well yeah i cringe i cringe a little bit at some of the earlier things i put out but hey you know i got started and I, my stuff's gotten better over time and you know now i'm able to to do this full time but if i never started then that wouldn't have happened so um yeah, yeah i mean that's my i don't know if that's you know, helpful advice or not, but uh, yeah, it's possible. And, you know, the first thing you got to do is just get started and learn as you go.
1: Yeah. Cause I think that's going to market in, in terms of like saturation. I think there's always an extent where, at least from, I don't know, from how I see it, it's, it's saturated in terms of quantity, but perhaps it's never going to be saturated in terms of quality, right? There's always room for people that are doing really cool things that other people want to read, right? Um,
2: yeah, so I totally, yeah, I would totally agree. And, um, and, you know, like people, you have to dig deep too, right? If you're going to go into really any niche, uh, but especially a bigger one, um, you know, the big topics are covered by people, right? Like the, the big obvious stuff is going to be covered. But, but I think you'd be surprised, like some of the smaller, more specific questions that people have that, mm. you know, you go into Google and you type it in and, and you find like a Reddit thread or a, some sort of discussion forum where you're not really getting the answer you need. And some, it's just waiting for somebody to come along and, and write a good article about it
1: absolutely all right evan um this has been a pleasure i'll probably ask you maybe one final question i know jacob said the other one is the last one but uh i'm just going to override that <laughs> um with uh just one question and you can answer this as long or short as you want um we tend to have a trend of asking magicians this question when we get them on um because it's generally tends to be somewhat thought-provoking um and now i'm interested to get your input as somebody who is not uh i don't know you're not like a celebrity magician because sometimes i don't know if that skews their answers or if they want to maintain appearances i for the most i, I always think i don't want to put my myself in any hot, hot water here but i always whatever they say it, it hits me as them being genuine and, and they're being honest but it is cool sometimes to get an opinion from one of the i don't know like a fellow magician who's in the sort of same i would say ballpark as us um so that is enough waffle about the question. The question is, what is it about magic that you find, like, I don't know, meaningful, right? Because the way we usually tend to phrase it is um, a lot of magicians are, like, super smart, right? And and they come up with really clever solutions to problems. Um, but, uh, like, as you know, there's a lot of problems out there that perhaps are more worthy of being solved than than magic problems. Mm. So why do we spend the time solving magic problems and obviously that is an accusation isn't an accusation at you because you're actually not one of those people you're just a hobbyist like kind of like us but if you had to put yourself in that shoe or if you had shoes or if you have any kind of input on it i'd be interested to hear like what drives the meaning behind doing magic for you
2: Hmm. that is a really thought thought thought-provoking question um probably not something i've paused to think about a whole lot to be honest Hmm. but it it sparks something in me um you know i've been fascinated with it ever since i was a kid and you know, no matter how like busy I get and, you know, I've got two kids and I've got a, you know, business to run. And, you know, I always find myself coming back to it and wanting to learn more. And, um, you know, I think my perspective now as, as a parent, you know, who has, um, you know, a five-year-old and a, and a four-month-old baby, but particularly like the five-year-old, I'm just in awe of her, her sense of wonder at the world and like her vigor for life and the silliness and the happiness and the, you know, I mean the literal belief in magic. I mean she literally believes in things that are magical like unicorns and and Santa Claus yeah. and um you know you don't see that in adults um be, you know very rarely do you see that but I think we when you can inspire that sense of wonder even briefly um when you know they see something that is entertaining and unexplainable and I mean it's it's a really special moment when then that that happens and it's so rare and it, it reminds me of you know childhood and, and and kids and the you know the wonder of you know that sort of innocence i guess
1: yeah that's i can't yeah i don't know uh answer um yeah thanks not much
0: more to add yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, we can give we can give you an opportunity if you want to shout out anything evan we obviously would love to give our guests opportunity if there's anything you want everyone to go look at if people want to get in contact with you if you even want them to where can they do that <laughs> i'll just give you give you a second that.
2: yeah for sure well i think we've mentioned it a couple of times but uh i would love if people checked out the blog it's ambitiouswithcards.com cards.com um and you'll also find it on youtube um you know just getting started over there but hopefully by the time this goes up uh i'll have some new stuff out although yeah if you go there right this second you'll you'll see some cool stuff as well so yeah i would love for people to check me out and, and you should be able to find my email on the website if you go to the about page
1: Awesome. Okay. Cheers, man. Well,
2: thank you very uh, much. Really enjoyed this. Thank you guys for having me. This has been a blast. I, I never get a chance to talk shop uh, about magic, so um, thank you again. Yeah, that's no great.